You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here on this beautiful Draft preview Wednesday with my good buddy Rich Hill getting ready to break down in what my opinion is probably the most anticipated Patriots draft day in my recent memory. Rich, am I out of line here, or is there this different vibe around the Patriots draft this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're at a point where you don't have a starting quarterback of the future, the draft is like, uh, I was going to say Christmas, but sometimes you're going to get super let down. So uh, <laughs> it is one of those times where, yeah, the Patriots are in the running for some of the most exciting prospects in the entire draft, which never happens. So it's definitely got a different feel. Um, but I, I, I'm just excited to break this down with you, Alec, because I think there's so many different ways this could go. I agree. And like everything else with the Patriots, especially the draft, uh, anything that we're about to say here, we're going to be proven wrong almost immediately because <laughs> I don't think anybody has been more consistently wrong about the Patriots do than it comes to the draft. However, it's not going to stop us from trying, buddy. And you and I are no strangers to looking foolish when talking about the <laughs> Patriots. Uh, before we get into the actual draft itself, I think it's probably a good idea to just go a little refresher course. Uh, you mentioned how the Patriots obviously are not without a, a quarterback at all, and they have Cam Newton, but there's no real quarterback of the future right now. And I feel like quarterback needy teams going into a draft are always the ones you talk about the most. There's always that big blue-chip quarterback going 1-2 overall. Happens here, Trevor Lawrence. But I think there are other areas of need the Patriots are probably looking to address in the draft as well beyond quarterback, even though that's what we're all talking about. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, obviously that is the marquee player. But the, I, I think for the Patriots and where they've historically been super strong, they could always use some help in the trenches. You know, you're looking at the offensive line. Joe Tooney signed a big deal contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. And so, yeah, the Patriots brought back Ted Karras. They were able to re-sign David Andrews. And they have both Shaq Mason uh, and Michael Inueno to, like, bolster the interior. But it would be a very Patriots move to get some help on that overall offensive line because Trent Brown, he's back, uh, but he's on a short-term contract. Uh, you have Isaiah Wynn, uh, but how reliable has he been due to all of these different injuries? It wouldn't be shocking if the Patriots used their first-round pick on an offensive lineman, similar to how they got Nate Solder back in 2011, despite having both Matt Light and Sebastian Vollmer ready to go. Uh, but on the other side of the ball as well, they have uh, some veterans on the defensive interior. They have Lawrence Guy back on a long-term contract. They just signed uh, Devon Godshaw to a big deal from the Miami Dolphins. And then they brought him on Travius Adams and Henry Anderson as free agents. But I think that the Patriots have historically liked bolstering their trenches early, so I wouldn't also be surprised if there was a top defensive tackle available to New England in the middle of the first round that they might be intrigued and interested in making a move there. So definitely focusing on the trenches uh, if you're looking outside the quarterback position i agree with that patriots and linemen tend to go hand in hand uh they always tend to draft the linemen when they, they draft linemen pretty well for the most part uh defensive edge can be hit or miss in the first round see easily comma dominique but uh, <laughs> i i think always you can't go wrong with a good offensive line especially if their quarterback is a a question mark uh yeah i've always said it the patriots are probably gonna be a very run heavy team in 2021 given their tight end aggressiveness and free agency their backfield cam newton being a mobile quarterback and having some offensive linemen they can rotate in should their injuries should there be injuries 
is never going to be a bad move. Uh, outside the trenches, though, Rich, uh, I'm not sure if you you noticed last season, but they kind of struggled at the wide receiver position. Oh, really? When you're when you're yeah yeah weird. Uh, when your number one guy was an undrafted free agent, um, not not the best um, way to go. <laughs> um, that's just me. Uh, obviously, Edelman retired, uh, which is, I think, a, a smart move for him. There's no reason for him to keep playing. His legacy is set in stone, and he's just kind of banged up now. So they are going to be looking for a receiver in the draft, most likely. However, I think we're all kind of gun-shy about taking a highly touted receiver in the first round, see Harry, comma, Nikhil. So <laughs> you, are you, do you think the pass are going to go get aggressive with the receiver or maybe do kind of the, one of those those day two, third or fourth round guys that tend to work out for them? Yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, you look at the moves the Patriots have done at the skill player position. You know, they were super aggressive in bringing in both Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And so that just messages to me that New England's going to focus a lot on the tight ends. And as you said, they're going to do a lot of running. Uh, and so they're, they're set up that way where the wide receiver position will actually kind of be secondary. And if that is the case, you know, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith could very well be the number one and number two targets in that offense. And if that's the case, Jacoby Myers is a pretty good number three option, uh, as, as are Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. So there, there is talent if you don't need to have a true number one wide receiver. But what we've also seen New England struggle with is is when they don't have any presence on the sidelines. And so they need one of those players, probably going to be Aguilar, to be enough of a threat that the defenses can't just stack the middle of the field uh, and just prevent the tight ends from being effective. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots took a, a wide receiver, but this is a very, very deep wide receiver draft. So I don't think they necessarily need to be aggressive at the top, but... There are a lot of really talented players there that we will break down, so they might be really lucky and not even have to trade to still have the opportunity to get one of the top skill players in the draft. Rich, you mentioned how it's uh, they don't necessarily need a receiver or to go after one early, and there's a deep class, which makes me very reluctant to bring up my next point slash question for you. Uh, defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Patriots have ever taken a defensive back in the NFL draft. I'll have to go check my facts on that one. The secondary is pretty set. Stephon Gilmore is back. Um, J.C. Jackson's on his tender. Jonathan Jones. Devin McCourty. Um, are you feeling maybe a defensive back in the second round this year? <laughs> Well, okay, so there, there's definitely a – this is probably a good opportunity to talk to so all of the draft picks that the, the Patriots have. And how so about... thinking of who and where the Patriots might be able to add talent and where, if you're Bill Belichick, you would want to do some changes, the Patriots have the 15th pick in the first round. So that's their first selection. And then they have the 46th overall pick in round two. Then you have to remember that their third-round pick was stripped from them uh, due to that Bengals sideline – videotape whatever that happened it was very dumb but the patriots now only have the 96th overall pick so that was a compensatory pick in the third round uh and then moving to round four they have 120 122 and 139 and then after that you know they have 177 in the fifth round 188 and 197 in the sixth and 242 in the seventh but where i want to draw attention to is that 50 pick gap between 46th overall in the second round and 96th overall in the third 
And this is a draft that is pretty deep with regards to talent, especially in that second and third round, so all of those day two picks. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots were able to collect some additional capital on day two, uh, whether it's trading down from 46 to kind of move to the end of the second round and pick up another third round pick. I wouldn't be surprised if Patriots, with their very limited roster space you know knowing that they have 76 players on their roster they can only add 14 overall and they love to add undrafted players that the Patriots could consolidate some of their later picks to to kind of add some of the higher end young talent here and so will the Patriots draft a defensive back in the second round they could honestly I mean I think that they're pretty set at the safety position I think Kyle Duggar has a bright future uh, and they brought in Jalen Mills as a free agent so those are two of your guys that could be there moving forward and you still have uh, Adrian Phillips who's a good starter and Devin McCourty on the back end um, and you could also like technically even throw in Jonathan Jones because he's played some snaps there but I think the safety position is good moving forward from a cornerback position what are the Patriots going to do with Stephon Gilmore? Uh, you know, there are rumors that the Patriots have discussed trading up from 15th to 8th overall with the Carolina Panthers, and that Stephon Gilmore could be a trade chip there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised Gilmore is entering the last year of a contract coming off of a quad injury after the age of 30. This is definitely where the Patriots would rather trade uh, as opposed to have a little bit of decline, especially because they have some quality players there. J.C. Jackson's very good. Jonathan Jones is very good. Uh, so they have talented players there. Uh, I think they're really high on Miles Bryant as well. And then, again, you can throw in Jalen Mills. You, you can throw in the fact that some of these players have versatility on a bunch of different spots. You can always bring back Jason McCourty. Who knows? Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots tried to add another cornerback at some point on uh, day two because this is a pretty deep uh deep cornerback class we're not necessarily at the top end of the draft there's like not a lot of like top tier cornerbacks outside of Patrick Sertain and JC Horn uh even though Horn has been linked to the Patriots to some degree but I, th I think that there is a really good grouping uh in, in around the third round where the Patriots could benefit from trading down to add some talent it's funny, Rich, you mentioned uh, kind of briefly in that beautiful rant of yours that there was potential talk of trading up into eight with the Carolina Panthers. I've also heard of them talking with the Falcons by trading up as high as fourth overall. And I personally am a little skeptical about that. Mm -hmm. move. So I feel like the packaging they would have to do to get that high in the draft would be pretty extensive. Uh, I do know that the Falcons have been talking about moving Julio Jones. Maybe it's kind of a Julio Jones kind of cap dump plus pick. I don't know. But I feel confident if the Patriots were to actually make that jump from 15 to 8 or even to 4, that would likely mean from their perspective they're looking to go after one of those top-tier quarterbacks early. I can't really see them going up that high and taking a, a lineman or a tackle. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, you look at this draft board, Trevor Lawrence is a lock to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's been known forever. The New York Jets are expected to take Zach Wilson. That's also supposed to be a given uh, come out of BYU. So top two picks, you have your top two quarterbacks coming off the board. The 49ers, they traded up to number three with a big deal, uh, trading up with the Miami Dolphins. And... Obviously, you don't make that big of a move as the 49ers did unless you both know, A, who's going ahead of you, and B, who you want to take. And the immediate rumors that came out were that they were after Mac Jones, uh, but then later interest appeared that they were looking at Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. My thought is that the Trey Lance one makes a little bit more sense. I, I mean, I think Mac Jones has a lot of talent. 
uh, and I think he would be great. And honestly, I'd be thrilled if he were on the Patriots. But I, I think just seeing how the 49ers have operated and how few leaks have ever gotten out, you know, like how they get acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone's like, wait, what? Um, I, I would expect that uh, it would be more on the Trey Lance side. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they were going. Uh, you know, have a lot of upside there as a player. Um, not a lot of real experience, but I, I think that he could be groomed into a true uh, starter. And then Lance is definitely a little bit more on the raw side, but he has some of the highest upside in the whole draft. And so that gives them the opportunity to, you know, sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. Uh, and then Lance can take over next year when Jimmy Garoppolo can be moved. Kind of makes the most sense from a developmental standpoint. And so what would it take for the Patriots to trade up to the number four? They need to have one of their quarterback options available. And my, my guess is for Justin Fields. Uh, if Justin Fields is available, I think that the Patriots would be willing to trade up. Uh, I just don't think that they have the capital to go up to number four in the way that a team like the Carolina Panthers or the Denver Broncos, two teams that are picking eighth and ninth overall that also need quarterbacks, could be able to give the Falcons. So I, I think that the Patriots are doing their due diligence to move up to number four. I just feel like it's really unlikely. No, I agree with that. Uh, I actually love Justin Fields as well. 2020 was kind of a step back for him, but in 2019, he threw for like 41 touchdowns, I think, and he ran for 10. Uh, he'd be an absolutely phenomenal and interesting uh, draft choice for the Patriots, and, and there's a chance, depending on how things unfold, he could be there at 8. Uh, I, that might not be, it might not be, but I think maybe it's more realistic for Patriots to train to the top 10 than number 4 overall. The top 5 in the NFL draft is a pretty coveted five slots and you really have to to break the bank to get up there and who knows again the falcons are in cap trouble so that might factor into their decision to move somebody but yeah there are teams with with more prospects and more capital and more chips to push into the center of the table should the falcons want to go there but again patriots are not really the kind of team that that zags when you say they're going to zag they always zig when you say they're going to zag and the <laughs> fact that we're even talking about them trading up means they're probably not going to and they're probably going to trade out of 15, maybe down to the lower end of this first round and mm. pick up some more seconds and thirds like you talked about. I don't know, Rich. I just I just feel like with the amount of hype and the amount of discussion around the Patriots taking a quarterback, everybody and their mother is linking the Patriots to Mac Jones, which means that's not going to happen. And maybe I'm just kind of just have PTSD from draft pass, but I just in my gut feel like it's going to be a trade out of 15 and then maybe trade out of the first round altogether and the stockpile picks for day two and beyond because, as you said, it is a pretty deep draft. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I mentioned earlier that there is a chance that a blue-chip player could fall to them at 15. You know, I mean, honestly, I look up and down this, and I'd say that there's probably 12 players that I think have that distinction of being just like those truly elite out-of-the-box players. Uh, you know, those the five quarterbacks, you have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Those are all players that would absolutely and obviously be worth picking at 15th overall. Uh, but then you add in Penesiol, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. And then you have uh, a quartet of skill players. You have Kyle Pitts out of Florida, Jamar Chase out of LSU, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. And I'll add in Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of Penn State. All of those are players that the Patriots would be thrilled to get at 15th overall. I don't think that the odds are bad that one of them could be available there, you know, that someone could be there. Uh, you could throw in Patrick Sertain uh, and J.C. Horn at cornerback, but I, I, I think those other players are the ones that are 
truly going to be the the blue chip everyone wants them and there's such a big gap between them and the next players at those positions that um you know if a player one of those players falls towards the patriots they might be willing to trade up a couple spots to get them uh maybe there's a chance one of them will actually get to them at 15th overall and that would be amazing but if it comes time for the patriots pick and i can only see them being interested in trading up for a quarterback if none of those quarterbacks are available, if none of those players that I mentioned has fallen to the 15th, then yeah, I, I would expect them definitely to trade down in the first and pick up some more day two picks. And it is a deep draft, and that's kind of more where the Pats are more comfortable. You know, it could be like, what is it, what is the 2017 draft that they made four selections? Mm -hmm. Like Derek Rivers and Dietrich. You know, maybe I, I can't see that happening in this draft. There's just too much talent. There are too many areas the Pages need to maybe not address immediately, but start building for the future. This rotation of the old guard going out is, is happening more and more. Edelman's gone now. I think the longest tenured Patriots now, McCourty and Slater. Uh, it's crazy. The longest tenured receiver is now Nikhil Harry, which is pretty ridiculous. That's so wild. the Patriots are looking, are looking to stock up on talent for the future and beyond. And you really do get that in the later rounds of the draft. If you're lucky, you hit big in your first rounder. He becomes your your cornerstone or whatever position he plays, but you got to build the roster through, through smart picks later and picks three, four, and five. So Richard, is there any maybe guys that aren't being talked about as much guys? That I think would be a great fit for the Patriots that we can get in probably day two or day three. Uh, one for me, I really like is uh Dimitri Felton out of UCLA. Mm. He's kind of the next James white. You can probably get him in the fourth or fifth round. Any guys like that you think you can see being good for the Patriots you can get in kind of the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round later on in the draft post these blue chip guys yeah definitely i mean i, I think that uh there's a few that I'll, I'll highlight right now one of them would be stone forsyth out of florida he's a mountain of a man uh he is someone who is i think he's like six foot eight 315 pounds uh out of florida same sort of build as trent brown in that way he's very good very talented played both left and right tackle but primarily has been the left tackle starter for the past two years he is someone that the patriots have historically been like we want that type of a player just truly moldable under dante scarnecchia with scar gone uh maybe they've changed their mold a little bit you know they brought in isaiah win but i think stone forsyth as a tackle that could interest them a little bit um, I, I would also throw in some other offensive linemen. Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma is someone that can interest them, uh, and Kendrick Green out of Illinois. All of these players are definitely moldable, high upside players that honestly, you know, you see which Patriots offensive linemen have, you know, had success. It's the ones that just are able to put their nose in the dirt really and just do the role that's been assigned to them. And that's kind of what those players are. I think all of those would really fit well. Um, there are some players at like the, the tight end spot that I thought would have been really good fits for them. I think Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame could be a really good option. Uh, you know, thinking of the Patriots need at fullback, you know, they have Jakob Johnson, Danny Vitale. Those are two players that I think, uh, can play the fullback position. I would add in Dalton Keene, who has that flexibility too. But I think that Tommy Tremble uh, out of Notre Dame, if we want to add some more of those big bodies on offense, could be a fit. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I'll throw in a few more skill players. Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State is a big, big, big deep threat yeah, at wide receiver. I think that he could be a good option on the outside there. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is another guy out of USC that could benefit them. Uh, I believe Seth Williams is another speedster out of Auburn. So if you're looking for one of those like single tool players at wide receiver that can just be that deep threat, be that person who can put pressure on a defense, uh, 
there are some options in those middle rounds. And so I, I think that if I'm the Patriots, obviously you try to boost up your uh, offensive line uh, in these middle rounds because they've had a lot of success doing that and the position's generally undervalued when it comes to the draft versus their actual impact on the field. Um, but I, I think that for New England, I, I'd try to add some of those high upside offensive skill players and, as you mentioned, a potential long-term replacement for James White. No, for sure. I mean, another offensive lineman I really like is Sedarius Hutcherson out of uh, South Carolina. He bench pressed like 36 times at 225. He's a big dude. He's a versatile guy. He can play all over the line. Definitely a late round flyer developmental guy. I'd love to see them bring him in. Uh, I do think receivers can be had in like the third, fourth, and fifth round. Uh, I like Shai Smith out of South Carolina, especially with Edelman gone. He ran a six seven nine three cone time that is the magic drill for bill belichick especially those guys over the middle he's got special teams experience as a return man and a gunner uh, i like rondell moore out of purdue mm-hmm. he ran he ran like a, a four three i think he's small he's only like five foot seven but he's kind of one of those little shifty crazy dudes um i think you get a day two pick out of him and then uh, maybe on the on the edge team captain day three guy uh dalen hayes out of notre dame kind of the outside linebacker prototype. We'll, he's got not overly fast, but he can cover, he can go off the edge, he can play inside, very physical. Uh, maybe they can go after some of those guys. So, again, there really is a lot of talent in this draft. And for me, it's really more about just enjoying the the process, kind of seeing the, the guys that go off the board. And, again, anytime you want to talk about Patriots draft, I will talk with you, but I'm not some kind of idiot who thinks he knows what he's talking about because a college football is not my personal strength. And B every time I've said, this is what they're going to do. They just never do it. Uh, It's just really cool for me just to watch these kids who've been working their whole lives towards their dream, uh, achieve it. And it should be a really good time. And I'm, Excited for it in spite of myself, Rich. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm probably not going to sit down and watch it, like, glued to the TV, but it's going to be on tonight while I'm doing stuff. And when that number 15 selection comes and, and Roger Goodell goes out and says the New England has traded their selection to the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to use my <laughs> usual side disappointment and move on with my life. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I am very excited for the draft because it's been a long time building up. The Patriots, as we talked about at the top of this, have never been in a position like this in the past two decades where they can have such a high draft pick, um, but also you know have a need at the quarterback spot. So a lot of excitement to see how the draft board falls out. Um, I've already put my money on that the Patriots are going to trade down because none of the players will be available at 15th overall. But we will see. Um, I am excited. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the 2021 NFL Draft? I'll leave you with one final question, Rich, and we'll close this out. If you had to pick Gunderhead right now, does Jimmy Garoppolo come to the Patriots at some point this weekend? Ooh, uh, no. I don't think it'll happen. (laughs) I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some movements at the quarterback position over the, the weekend. I'm looking forward to what we'll, we'll break it down next week. We'll go back to a little recap and uh, we'll see how wrong we were talking about meet the new Patriots and uh, get into overanalyzing them for the next couple months. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. Later. <laughs>